Welcome to the Confident Parent Podcast, where we want you to feel confident in raising kids who have a thriving relationship with Jesus. I'm Joshua Humpa, the children's pastor at Oak Creek Assembly of God and the father of two spectacular kids with my wife, Stephanie. In this episode, we're going to discuss five ways to create a godly school year at home and to help you feel like you got this. Well, welcome back, all you cool parents, to another episode of the podcast. School is starting. Maybe you haven't started school yet. Maybe it's starting in a couple days. Maybe you've already been through it for a full week. Maybe you're homeschooling. Whatever it is, I think all of us, we can all agree that school begins like this new rhythm for our families, right? It's almost like a reset, like a refresh for all of us. Um, you know, summer is the time to relax and kind of do whatever you want. Um, but when school happens, then it's brand new schedules, making lunch for everybody every single day, rushing out the door, rushing home to get to bed, doing homework, all this stuff. And so today, what we want to talk about is five different ways. We're just going to give you five tips, five little little nuggets of wisdom, five ways to create a godly school year this year at your home so that your kids, they have a God-centered home, God-centered environment, just five tips to help you be able to further help your kid grow in their walk with Christ. You know, I was having a conversation with my father-in-law. My daughter, Chloe, just started school, and uh, we're very grateful this year we're able to send her to a Christian private school. We're having the conversation about it, and he said, you know, with whatever school you go to, public or private, there's no silver bullet or even homeschool, you know? There's no silver bullet. There's no, like, perfect solution. That if you send your kid to a public school, you know, then they're they're vulnerable to hear or see or experience things that are really dangerous for them, dangerous for their spirit, for their soul. You know, they're hearing things that we, we never want our kids to hear. On the other hand, you can send your kid to a Christian private school or even homeschool, but the problem there is that kids don't learn how to defend or own their faith. That even in those environments, it's like the pillowed, cushioned, you know, everything's safe for them. There, they don't have that like pushback or like, why do I believe this? Or do, what do I really think kind of experiences? And so wherever your kids go in public, homeschool, private, there's like pros and cons to all of it. And so you have to figure out with your kid, how do you help them grow in their walk with Christ? So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about five ways to do that. And so the first one, this is like of all of them, the most important there's a reason why it's number one falls on the top of the ranking. And so number one is create a God-centered routine, a God-centered routine. Number one's create a God-centered routine. Here's what that means. You know, when school begins, you start a brand new schedule, right? Uh, In the summer, the kids may have been sleeping in as long as they want. You have like kind of this flexible like breakfast, lunchtime. They may even go to bed later. Well, now that school is here, you have to wake up at a certain time, eat breakfast at a certain time, get out the door at a certain time, get home, eat dinner at a certain time, make sure that they're in bed and have have been bathed at a certain time. Like everything is really structured and rhythmic to it. You know, there's this great analogy. Um, it's better if you can visualize it, but it's just, it's just imagine in your brain, this vase, you know, it's a certain volume, certain height. And then you also have a pile of rocks and a pile of sand. Maybe you've seen this, you know exactly where I'm going. You know, if you try to take all the sand and just pour it all into this vase and then take all those rocks and put those on top of the sand, it'll never fit right? You'll, you'll always have not enough space for all the rocks to fit in there. But if you did it in reverse, you put these big rocks inside the vase and then filled it with sand. The sand 
and fill in all the little cracks, and then that way you can fit both of them in. And it's the same when it comes to having a God-centered routine. And by that we mean creating routines, schedules, a rhythm for your family that begins with God. That God is the number one priority in your routines. And so how does that become real life? Well, the easiest example is church. That when you build your schedule for your family, when you're structuring out, planning the whole week, month, the whole school year, if you will put God and being in his house first, Sundays and Wednesdays, we are going to be in church on Sundays and Wednesdays, no matter what. If you put that as your rock into the vase of your life, man, God will bless your family. Now, let me tell you a little bit more about this. This is what my parents did for me when I was a kid. Sundays and Wednesdays, we were always at church. Couldn't skip a Sunday unless you were on your deathbed. Couldn't skip a Wednesday unless you're dying. If you're in the hospital dying, you're at church no matter what. And so for us, as teenagers, as we're growing up, um, they told us you can get jobs, you can make money, but you have to tell your job right away that you cannot work Sundays and you cannot work Wednesday nights. You're going to be in church. And it was great. And I'm so, so, so grateful now that that's the structure and the routine that my parents set for me. And my life is blessed as a result of it because we prioritized God first. You know, there's a lot of families that God's secondary or third or fourth. You know, that school, extracurricular activities, sports, that these things dictate the schedule of the family and how the family functions, what the routine looks like. And that always leads to high stress, a disunified family. And yeah, there's maybe some fun moments and stuff, but the potential of where your family can be, it's not how God intended it to be. God wants to be number one in your family. And so if you will prioritize and say, church Sunday, Sunday is a Sabbath day. It's God's day. We're going to honor it and keep it holy. Wednesday night, that's our time to connect and get a kind of a reset, a refresh during the week, connect with God and other believers. Man, you'll, you'll have a blessed family. Your kids will grow deeper in their walk with Jesus and with others. And it helps them know that as they grow up that, hey, we should prioritize being in God's house. Now, another way that you can do this is um, Bible reading in the morning. Um, we're trying to figure this out with our own family. So Chloe just started school uh, as I'm recording this. This has been her first week starting kindergarten. So this is all brand new for us. But we wanted to be, it was very important to us that Chloe spent time reading the Bible every day. But the thing is, she can't read right now. She's just starting kindergarten. And so for us trying to figure out, well, how can she get some good quality Bible time in in the morning uh, for her own self? And so we started doing, you know, this is the routine that we started. We've done it three days in a row now. That when she eats breakfast in the morning, she gets to watch an episode of Bible Man. Bible Man. Now, Bible Man is on Right Now Media. And if you don't know what Right Now Media is, you need to email me. You need to stop listening to this, pull over, whatever you're doing, and email me to get a free account of Right Now Media. It's like this Christian Netflix for kids and for adults as well. And so it's all Christian content. And the best part of it is it's free. All you have to do is email me and I can get you an account for free. That's our gift as a church to you to help you, you know, lead your kids closer to Jesus. Anyways, Bible Man is like this mix of like Batman slash Power Rangers kind of thing. Like it's adventurous and there's some action in it. Um, but there's always a lot of talk about the Bible in it. And so the character, like the character's like Bible Man. He's like the good guy. And then there's always like kids in the city and then bad guys that are personalized by, you know, the villain of the week. And so the episode like this morning that Chloe watched, Carson watched, was about this lying villain who was trying to get kids to lie all the time. And Bible Man always comes in with verses to combat that on how to, on how to do the right thing based on what the Bible says. And so as Chloe is watching this, not only is she entertained, 
but she's also getting good quality Bible time, Bible lesson in there. She's hearing God's word and then how it should apply to her life. And so for us, it was really important that she gets that every day on her own. You know, uh, both Stephanie and I, we have our specific Bible time where we connect with God. Steph has a spot on the couch in the morning. She reads her Bible. Um, I do much better. I'll retain things better if I hear it. And so as I'm getting ready, I'm listening to this one-year Bible reading plan. It's called the Daily Audio Bible. And our kids know that that's what we're doing, that we have certain times that we do it. We prioritize the Bible in the morning, and we want our kids to do that too. And so as Chloe is able to read a little bit more and kind of comprehend on her own, we'll be doing the soap journals with her. This is a booklet, a Bible reading guide that we give out on Sunday mornings. It's a Bible reading guide for the week, and SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. You know, it's a way for kids to read something in the Bible that they learn about from Sunday morning, you know, so then on their own, they're exploring what Scripture says about it and how it should impact their life, and then kind of processing through what that Scripture says. You know, what stands out to me? What should I do with the Scripture? And then some time to pray and reflect on it. Um, And so Chloe will be moving to that, and I want to encourage your kids to do the same in this new routine. Build God as the priority. We got all this stuff to do, but we have to somehow make sure that these big important things, this, this God time is prioritized in our schedule. You know, when it comes to even scheduling for the week, you know, maybe you have sports or dance or gymnastics or, or something that you want your kids to do, but it conflicts with God time or family time. Let me just encourage you, do the bold thing and just say, no, we're not going to do it. Trust me. Though it might be fun for your kids, in the long run, it's going to be way better if you just say no to that stuff. It's fun. It's always fun to do that. I would love to play video games for five hours a night, but I can't because it's not good for me. It's not good for my family. It's fun, right? It can build my eye-hand coordination and make me think, maybe not have, you know, Alzheimer's or something. But the same with these extracurricular stuff for our kids. They're fun. They're good. But will it make your family closer together? You know, will it help them grow in their walk with God? If not, and if it's ruining your family, just cut it out. Put a God-centered routine as you start this brand new year. Make that your priority to put God at the center. So that's number one. Okay, let's move on to number two. This comes from something that um, our Chloe's teacher sent to us that made us really start thinking as parents. She had this packet, this parent packet, and uh, towards the end of it, we had to fill out some info of Chloe. At the end of it, it had this question, what are two goals that you have for your kids? And so that's that's number two. The number two point, five ways to have a godly school year at home. Number two is, what are the two goals that you have for your kid this year? You know, what are two things that you want to see happen in your kid? Ways that you want them to grow or become better? You know, so Steph and I, we were talking about this this morning, and, and she's the one that filled out the form and actually expressed this to me. She said, at first, you know, you have the typical like, well, I want her to be good, you know, well-behaved. I want her to good, good grades. But as she was thinking about it a little bit more, she's trying to go a little bit deeper. Like, what do I really want? You know, if it's now, it's August, at the end of May, June, you know, what what do I want my kid, my daughter to look like? How do I want her to grow and be better? And the two things that she came up with is that she wants Chloe to be confident in who God made her to be and then to do her best with that. You know, we think, you know, as every parent thinks, our kid's this the smartest, the best, the greatest, but we want her to be confident in who God made her to be. That God, She knows who, who she is in God's view, what her strengths and weaknesses based on who, what, on how God created her, and then just to do her best with what she's been given. That, yeah, we have high expectations of her, but really we want her to feel good about who God made her to be and just to do her best. And then the second thing she wrote down was that she would 
that she would serve others out of kindness. That we kind of work through that like meanness or other people take care of me thing. And instead that you have a, a very a servant attitude and you serve with kindness. That's really what we want our kid to be. And we thought, man, that's so great. And it was so cool for Seth to be able to write that down, you know, to see it in her own handwriting, have that goal for Chloe. And so I want to encourage you to do the same for your kids at the end of this school year. What are two things, two ways that you want your kid to grow, either in their walk with God or becoming who God made them to be? And I would encourage you, write it down. There's something special about seeing your own handwriting, right? Something that came from your body, visibly written on a piece of paper or whatever. Write down the two goals that you have for your kids and put it somewhere where you can see it throughout the year. And it can be this reminder of what you want God to do and how you want to create a godly home this year. Okay, so number one was, again, create a God-centered routine. Number two, what are your two goals for your kids this year? And then number three, if you want to have incredible conversations, deep conversations, revealing conversations, deeper that go, than, deeper than go, you know, what'd you learn at school today? Nothing. <laughs> if you want to have some good conversations, here's number three. Ask specific, open-ended questions. Ask specific, open-ended questions. You know, this is so typical. Kids after church, you know, they're going home, they're in the car. Hey, did you have fun today? Yeah. What'd you learn about? The Bible. <laughs> or Jesus loves me. I don't know. You know, it's like, it feels like you're like, come on, kid, give me something out of here, right? How was your day today at school? What'd you learn about? Nothing. How was math class? Good. You know, they don't give that like normally. And so if you ask specific but open-ended questions, it can really change the conversation so that your kid does share more about what they're thinking, feeling, and what their experience was like. So for example, um, you can ask your kid, um, was there anything that happened today that embarrassed you? Or was there anything today that you were very proud of? Was there a moment that you did something today that you were very proud of what happened? You know, those are very specific questions. I'm asking you for a specific thing that happened today, but also very open-ended, right? They have to think through and process, okay, well, what, what happened? And then it could turn the conversation to something else, either something that we can help them work through or something that we can praise them for and encourage and build their self-esteem about. So ask specific open-ended questions and switch it up. You know, you don't want to have the same routines, the killer, right? You have the same three questions that you ask as soon as you pick your kid up from school. No, maybe think through, maybe even write this down if, you want to, if, if it's helpful for you to remember it. But think of some specific things that you want to know about your kid's day, that you want to know what they're thinking and what they're feeling, and then ask those specific open-ended questions. Okay, so here's from the top from the bottom, one through three again. We want to create a God-centered routine that God is at the center. He is the primary focus of our schedule, our routines. Number two, what are the two goals that you want your kids to grow in or to become this year? Three, ask specific open-ended questions. And then number four on how to create a godly school year at home this year is you have to have a family fun day or a fun night. So have a family fun day or night. Now, Steph's fam, this is one of the best things that we have adopted from how Steph grew up. When they're growing up, you know, their parents, uh, her dad, the one day off that he had was on Mondays. And so in their home on Mondays, that was family fun day. Like as a family, they knew that they were always going to be doing fun stuff together on that Monday. And so they do it all day, you know, from the time that they wake up to the evening. I mean, there's stuff you got to do at home, but they'd, they would plan fun things to do throughout the day. And so they'd always go out for lunch and then in the evening do something fun that's togetherness. You know, so once the kids started school, 
In the evening, they can know, hey, dad's home and we're going to go and do something fun, whether it's out to eat or mini golf or whatever it is, um, doing something fun together. And then for them, it also Friday night became a night that they did things together as well. And so, you know, it's a busy week, tired, you know, you're feeling exhausted. You've gone through the whole week. And then finally Friday, it's Friday night. They would always do something fun together on Friday nights and they would protect that as well. You know, they would schedule things around, hey, no, this is my special protected day as a family. And so, you know, I've heard this from another pastor a couple of years ago. He was sharing that, you know, if you schedule these very important things in your calendar, no one argues with your calendar. So if they say, hey, can we schedule a meeting for this Monday? And you look at your calendar and say, oh, I'm booked. They're not going to say, well, what is it? What do you got? Come on, show me your calendar. What do you got here? <laughs> no, no one argues with your calendar. And so if you say, oh, no, I'm booked, no one else is going to book and try and double book that. And so protect it. Protect your family fun day. Have specific days, specific times that everyone knows about, agrees upon, that you can do stuff together. And not just like, hey, we're going to fold towels and put our laundry away today as a family. No, you got to do fun stuff together. Things that you connect with, that build memories, that create experiences where you're enjoying your time together. So let me encourage you to do this. Along with your family fun nights, I want to encourage you to eat at least three dinner meals together at the table together. Now, some of you are like, Three in a week? That's bananas. That's never going to happen. We're so busy. We're running around all the places, especially when school starts. We got homework and all this stuff. Ugh, our schedule's crazy. And I want to I encourage you, settle down. Like Eliminate stuff if you need to. There's something so special and important about eating together around the table. You know, something special happens with food. That's why we, we go out to eat all the time, right? Because we like to eat together and eat good food. And oftentimes, if your goal is to be at the dinner table, to obviously to eat, to eat good food, but to connect with each other, man, there's no better place than the dinner table. You know, turn off the phones, put all the devices away, but have that centralized location in the home that every night or at the very least three nights a week that you come together and say, this is our time to connect as a family, as a unit. You know, it's easy. It's easy to book stuff so that you, you can't eat dinner together or you're eating on the go and it's this fast paced, you run around, maybe you have some conversations in the car. It's different when you're sitting down, looking at each other in the eye, there's no other distractions, and you're just enjoying the meal together. Man, I promise you, if you put a God-centered routine and then do this dinner thing, your family will be more united together. You'll have greater conversations together. And I think you want that. I think that's why you're listening to this podcast, because you want to have a better family. So let's go through the list again. Have a God-centered routine. What are your two goals you want for your kids? Ask specific, open-ended questions. Hey, have a, fil- a family fun day or night. And then finally, as we wrap it up, be aware of what your kids are doing on their tech. Be aware of what's going on with, with kids on their technology. You know, there's so much just craziness on the internet. And you've probably heard this a thousand times, but I cannot stress this enough. If you are not aware of what your kids are doing on devices at all times, I guarantee you, they're doing stuff that they should not be doing. The other day, I was with some kids, elementary age kids, and they have their own devices with their their own passwords, you know, their own iCloud accounts, and uh, you know, these are their their elementary kids, they're they're babies, they're little ones. But they were showing me that they have their own TikTok account. They were very, you know, showing some of the showing me some of the videos of them dancing and the music selections that they chose. They were so proud of how many followers they had. 
and who they were following, you know, how many followers they, that they were following. And I just, I, I wanted to just put my hands to my head and say, whoa, no, and rip my hair out. Because it's like, it's so dangerous. It's one of the one of the worst things that we could ever do to our kids is just give them free reign to the internet because there's craziness out there. I mean, if you want your kids to have a good relationship with you, then you don't, you don't do this. You don't let your kids just wander around on the internet for free or just watch YouTube and whatever they want to watch or play whatever they want to play. Um, there's this Disney Kingdoms game that my wife and I have started to play on our phones. It's basically like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but like Disney parks. And so there's some ads that you can watch to get, you know, like treasure chests and stuff. And and even though this game is aimed towards kids, there's specific scenes with these ads where it's not bad, but it's also not something that I want my, my kindergarten six-year-old kid watching. You know, it's just not good. I don't want her to think about this stuff. I don't want her to be you know, tainted by it. I, I want as, as long as possible to keep that innocence and that purity within her, you know, for as long as, I mean, eventually she will, you know, and, and none of this is bad. I just don't, as long as possible, I want her to be innocent and pure that when the time is right, then she can learn about this stuff, but I want her to be innocent and pure. And I think you do as well. And so be aware of what's going on with your kids, you know, be mindful, watch with them. And if you're one of those families that they have to have their own devices, well, then fine, give them their own devices, but please set up the passwords, the accounts, set up all of the provisions that you need to as a parent to have those parental locks. Put Download the apps that block certain sites. I mean, there's so many tools for you to be able to do this. It's just a matter of actually doing it. Kids are not trustworthy. <laughs> I mean, kids are bad. Kids don't have to be taught how to do bad stuff. I mean, think about you as a kid, right? You're always trying to experiment and figure this stuff out and once you found something that was brand new to you, you wanted to see more of it, even if you know it was wrong and like you're looking around and it's like protect our kids from that. You know, as, as the children's pastor, it's, it's sad. It's sad to watch kids have these issues of questions and identity things. And a big reason for it is because they're exposed to these things way earlier than they should be. You know, they're kids and should be enjoying what a kid does, enjoying just a carefree living instead of thinking about things that they can't even process yet. So I want to encourage you, be aware of what your kids are doing on tech. Be aware of what they're watching. Be aware of what they're downloading. Be aware of what they're of who they're talking to, right? Be careful of that stuff. So let's go through the list. Five ways to create a godly school year at home. Number one, create a God-centered routine. God is a priority in your schedule. Don't try and just fit him in or stuff him in if you can, if everything else works out. Make him number one and build everything else around that in your schedule and your routine. Number two, what are the two goals that you have for your kids? How do you want them to grow? How do you want them to blossom into who God made them to be? Number three, ask specific open-ended questions in your conversations with your kids. Number four, have a family fun day or night, a specific time every single week where your family's together doing fun stuff. Uh, building memories and experiences that they, as they grow up, they're like, man, I love doing this. I have this great memory with my family when we did this on Family Fun Day. And then lastly, be aware of what your kids are doing on tech. Don't just set them up to just watch whatever they want to watch. Be aware, be involved. You know, we all want godly kids who make fewer mistakes that that honor us and that we're proud of, that we look at our kids and go, wow, you turned out way better than me. And I just am so proud of the kid, the person that you've turned out to be. You know, that happens, you know, sometimes we get lucky, but oftentimes it happens 
when we purposefully create a godly home, godly routines, godly structures. So let me pray with you. Pray that this would be the best year your family has ever had, that you guys would be more united together, that your kids would blossom into who God made them to be, that this would be a God home, a spirit-filled home, that love, joy, peace, patience, your home would be filled with patience, with kindness, with goodness. It would be a gentle home, that your kids would have self-control, that they would be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, that this would be your home. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you so much that your word gives us wisdom on how to create a godly home this school year. And Lord, as we're entering this this new season, kind of this refreshing, this restart, Lord, I pray that this would be the best year that these families have ever had, that they would grow closer together, that they would connect in, in ways better than they've ever had before, that these kids would honor their parents, be respectful to them, that they would be so quick to obey and trust their parents. And God, that most importantly, that each family would grow in the relationship with you, that they'd have a better understanding of who you are and who you made them to be. Lord, we pray that this would be a great school year and that, Lord, as more families become godly, that the culture, the culture that we live in, would change to become a godly culture. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We're looking forward to you having a godly home this school year, praying for your kids, that they would grow in their minds, their souls, and this would be an awesome year. All right. Thanks for listening. And hey, if this was helpful to you, I would encourage you, share this with somebody. Let someone else know um, how they can have a godly school year this year. And it all starts out at home. So share this podcast, let others know about it, and we'll see you in the next episode.